Of all the stars of the stage in the cultural mecca of late 19th century Paris, its biggest attraction was a man who farted. The farter, Joseph Pujol, went by the name Le Petoman, meaning the fartiste. He proved to be the epitome of artsy-fartsy. I'm Mark Hartsman, and you're listening to Le Petoman and his fantastic farts at the Moulin Rouge on Weird Historian. Pujol's unique ability to control and stylize his farts offered a style of comedy that transcended age, race, gender, and time. In 1892, Pujol stepped before an audience at the famed Moulin Rouge, impeccably dressed in a red coat, black satin pants, and white gloves, and announced, Ladies and gentlemen, I have the honor to present a session of Petro Money. The word petomony means someone who can break wind at will, but don't let your nose worry you. My parents ruined themselves scenting my rectum. <laughs> Little farts warmed up the crowd. Le Petoman named the toots as he went, doing such impressions as a bride on her wedding night, a very loud fart, a lengthy 10-second fart replicated the sound of a dressmaker tearing two yards of calico. Then, with all his might, he blasted one in the form of a cannon firing. People were literally writhing about, one journalist wrote. Women stuffed in their corsets were being carried out by nurses, which the cutting manager had stationed in the hall. Fortunately, stench was not one of the nurses' concerns. The pedaman kept his farts completely odorless by giving himself an enema before each show. Biographers Jean Nohain and F. Karadek tell the life story of Le Petoman in the 1967 book Le Petoman, 1857-1945. As the book describes, Pujol discovered his unusual talent as a child during an annual family trip to the beach. While playing underwater and holding his breath, the young boy suddenly felt a cold sensation in his stomach. Alarmed by this strange feeling, he fled to a private place ashore to investigate. Nearly two liters worth of water began leaking from behind. After this gastrointestinal geyser, he visited a doctor, who simply laughed it off and advised him to stay away from the sea. Pujol thought nothing more of the event, for the moment. Years later, when recounting the beach incident with friends, Pujol was urged to see if he could still create such aquatic magic with his behind. Indeed, he could. Excited by his friend's response, Pujol began to nurture his talent by practicing with air instead of water. Soon he could suck air in and blow it out at will, in the form of a nice, clean fart. His son, in a biography reproduced in a Petoman book, described the process as a, quote, veritable fart fantasia. Pujol adopted the name Le Petoman and shared his gift with the public by renting a stage in his hometown of Marseille. He quickly became a local sensation, 
Word of mouth proved to be more than enough promotion, leaving no need for advertising. Before long, he took his act to other provincial cities and was met with similar success. The Petoman was ready for the big time, so he filled up with gas and headed for Paris. In the early 1890s, the Moulin Rouge was made famous with its lively cabaret, high-stepping can-can shows, and renowned actors like Sarah Bernhardt. But when Le Petoman arrived at the theater and met with director Charles Zidler, he announced himself as the newest phenomenon of Paris. He would, he assured Zidler, be the rage all over town. Zidler's curiosity was piqued. What exactly is your specialty? He asked. According to an article from the Moulin Rouge archives, the conversation went as follows. Well, you see, monsieur, I have an anus like a suction device. In other words, my anus is so stretchy that I can open and close it at will. So what? It happens, monsieur, that through this fortunate opening, I can take any quantity of liquid given to me. So Zidler offered a large basin of water for Le Petoman. Pujol came prepared with a hole cut in his underwear and quickly sucked the water out of the tub and flooded it right back in. Then he continued his demonstration. That's not all. After an enema like that, I can continually expel odorless gas. The secret of my act lies in the different qualities of sounds that I can produce. Then you sing from your behind. Yes, monsieur. Tenor one. Baritone two. Bass three. Contralto four. Soprano five. Now, a vocalist one half. And my mother-in-law, can you do that too? Here goes. <laughs> you hired to start this evening. Little did Zidler realize Le Petoman would become the Moulin Rouge's most profitable act. His performances pulled in 20,000 francs a show, more than double that of Bernhardt. Aside from his impressions, Le Petoman also showcased other stunts on stage. The innovative Pujol inserted a yard-long rubber tube into his behind and attached a cigarette at the other end, which he smoked by contracting his anal muscles to draw smoke in and blow it out. After extinguishing the cigarette, the maestro transformed himself into a flatulence flutist. By attaching the instrument to the tube, he was able to play various tunes, to round out his rectal repertoire, and to end his show in dramatic fashion, Pujol demonstrated his true posterior lung power by blowing out a candle from a foot away, then extinguishing the gas footlights of the stage, one by one. Once again, just as in Marseille, Pujol had grown so popular, it was time to find new audiences to appreciate his virtuosity. Le Petoman took a leave from the Moulin Rouge and blasted his way across Europe and North Africa. By the time Pujol returned, he'd grown used to his independence and chose to open his own variety theater. The Moulin Rouge, angered at his abrupt leave, hosted a competitive act, La Femme Petoman, named Mademoiselle Thibault. The notion that another fartiste could immediately replace Pujol was absurd, and she was quickly exposed as a fraud. 
1914, at the outset of World War I, Lepetoman retired his ass from the theater and instead ran a bakery in Marseille, then a biscuit factory in Toulon. He passed away in 1945 at the ripe old age of 88, but even in his later years, he continued to practice his anal hygiene. Every morning after his evacuation, he would give himself an enema using some two liters of warm water, his son wrote, and he was thus always meticulously clean. Unlike other farts that exist only for a short, stinky while before dissipating into nothingness, Pujols have gained immortality. In addition to the Nohain and Kardec book, Le Petoman is also the subject of several movies and a documentary. Mel Brooks personally paid tribute to Pujol by naming his character Governor William J. Le Petoman in the fart-friendly film Blazing Saddles. And while still alive, Pujol even attempted to work with Thomas Edison on a kinetophonofactograph film, which was to be accompanied by smell. But Le Petoman didn't want to be misrepresented, so only a few seconds of film exist. Sadly, they're each without sound. As I scoured the weird historian archives for a story to follow the French fartiste, it became clear only one stayed close to the theme. It's about the greatest robot of the 1700s, a pooping duck. Long before AI, computer technology, and even electricity, crafty artists were engineering robots to do a variety of entertaining tasks. Jacques de Vaucanson made several of these automata, including a 1939 masterpiece known as the Digesting Duck, or as most prefer, the Pooping Duck. This remarkable feat of engineering was designed to mimic a duck as precisely as possible. Vaucanson even boasted that anatomists wouldn't find anything wrong in his thorough construction of the duck's wings. Once wound up, it waddled around, drank water, played in water with its bill, and even quacked, just like a real duck. But Valconsan's greatest feat was designing the duck to eat a piece of corn, digest it, and poop it out. Real corn, real poop, fake duck. In a 1742 booklet, Valconsan offered a description almost as detailed as his mechanism. Here's a portion of it. My second machine, or automaton, is a duck, in which I represent the mechanism of the intestines, which are employed in the operations of eating, drinking, and digestion, wherein the working of all the parts necessary for those actions is exactly imitated. The duck stretches out its neck to take corn out of your hand. It swallows it and discharges it digested by the usual passage. You see all the actions of a duck that swallows greedily and doubles the swiftness in the motion of its neck and throat or gullet to drive the food into its stomach, copied from nature. The food is digested as in real animals. The matter digested in the stomach is conducted by pipes, 
as in an animal by the guts, quite to the anus, where there is a sphincter that lets it out. Though his works were true marvels, some lamented that he didn't put his talents to better use. It is much to be regretted that he misspent so much mechanical genius upon objects which were of no practical utility to man, wrote one 1897 newspaper. But does entertainment and wonder not offer some form of utility? If you've listened this far, then 280 years later, the pooping duck is still delighting its audience. Thanks for listening. Weird Historian is brought to you by me, Mark Hartsman. Le Petoman was played by Eric Concius. Zidler was played by Jacob Concius. The songs heard in this episode were La Fête des Fleurs by Tino Rossi, The French Trot by the All-Star Trio and their orchestra, Theme Song from Moulin Rouge by Marshall Royal and his orchestra, and Cabaret Time in Paris by Nori Paramore and his orchestra. The theme song was created by Steffi Copeland, and this episode was edited and mixed by Igniter Media. For photos related to this episode's stories and other strange tales, check out my site, weirdhistorian.com, and follow at weirdhistorian on Instagram. And if you like this podcast, tell your friends and share it wherever you share stuff. Until next time, have a weird day.